This is Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Good to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged. Today, we head to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we talk with Scott Marr. Scott is the CEO of Tulsa Transit, who, after a long career in the private sector, has gone into the public sector as CEO of the transit system there, formerly known as Tulsa Transit. And while we were there, it was rebranded as Metrolink. We talked to Scott about his transit system and how he's taken the reins over the last couple years and revitalized it with a brand new BRT in the planning and microtransit service coming to the city. But it's not all smooth sailing for Scott and his team. Plans to expand the BRT to historic Route 66 in time for its 100th anniversary in a couple years have hit a bump in the road. He tells us about it as a multi-million dollar shortfall has been caused by inflation and price increases beyond their control. But undaunted, Scott and the team are rallying to seek support financially and otherwise to make it happen in time. Stay tuned for a second part of the episode from Tulsa when next week we talk with Director of Planning Chase Phillips about the unique placemaking that made Tulsa one of the most iconic cities in the United States. If you like what you hear and you want to see it, be sure to tune in to Transit Unplugged TV next month to take a look at this and plenty more that we filmed while there in Tulsa. Enjoy this interview with Metrolink Tulsa CEO Scott Marr. There's so many cool things in Tulsa. Thanks for having me on inviting us into Tulsa. Thanks for having me on the show. We're really, really excited. So you and I have known uh, of each other, not really well, but known of each other, worked for similar companies over the past 20 years or so. And now you're general manager and CEO of Tulsa Transit, which just today got a new name. Tell us about that. Yeah, our new name is Metrolink Tulsa. It was just approved by a board a few weeks ago. It was just announced today to the SWATA conference. It was great hearing our mayor say our name, but it was yeah. important that we refresh our brand, our brand as we get further away from COVID, as we connect with our youth, our current riders, our future riders, and of course, those choice riders that we're all trying to get. Yeah, we are here uh, in Tulsa, not just to visit you, but we're having fun at the Southwest Transit Association with my buddy, Rich Sampson. 550 people here from eight states they represent, and uh, really some great awards today and your mayor spoke and he's very excited. Scott, one of the things that really impressed me about um, his leadership is uh, he seems to be very practical, but very pro-transit. Absolutely. And, you know, he's just such a great speaker. I'm glad I didn't have to follow him. I went before him, but he's been a huge advocate for public transportation and continues to do so in his last year as he's not seeking re-election. But we are proud to have him as our mayor and uh, we will miss him dearly. Tell us about your system. Give us an overall scope. Yeah, so we have 65 fixed route buses, 54 paratransit and microtransit vehicles, 24 fixed routes. We have four microtransit zones during the day, six at night. More at night because there's less fixed route buses going around or what? There is, but it replaced an underperforming deviated fixed route service. So to cover the whole city on what those routes were running, we wanted to give our customers better service than what they were getting before. And now the service has doubled the ridership of those routes when they were previously running. So we're excited. So you started microtransit service to replace some routes that were underperforming and you got twice as many people riding microtransit than you did on the bus? That's correct. What kind of vehicles are you using? We're using uh, Voyagers, we're using cutaways, um, but you know, it's important to have two vehicles in each zone, one that is ADA accessible and one that also has a bike rack for our customers. Tell us about um, 
you mentioned that the mayor announced a new name today and you had a great video, by the way, which we'll show some clips of because concurrent with this audio podcast, we're here filming a television show for Transit Unplugged TV on YouTube. So if you like what Scott and I are talking about, make sure you take a look at our video show, Transit Unplugged TV on YouTube and see it yourself. But um, tell us about the decision behind renaming the system and how you came up with a name. And you have multiple names for multiple services, right? That's correct. So, you know, we, I just really thought two years ago when I took over this position, it was time to refresh our brand. We've been Tulsa Transit since 1980. Same look, same design. It was time to refresh our brand. So Metrolink Tulsa, a royal blue, a yellow, similar to Dart. Dart is our sister company, but we're not exactly like Dart. Link Assist for our paratransit, and of course, Microlink for our microtransit. It was time to change, and our team is excited to embrace this change. We hope the public the same, that they'll embrace this change as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, they have with your microtransit, it sounds like. And you told me uh, before that you're thinking about merging micro with para? That's correct. We want to start co-mingling. When you start co-mingling, we realize in paratransit, we have a lot of cancellations and no-shows throughout the day right. that lead gaps in routes. Why not use those gaps to fill microtransit trips? It'll reduce the cost. And we know paratransit is the most expensive service that we have. So if we increase our ridership or our productivity, microtransit is currently running 3.75 to 4.25. Trips per hour. Trips per hour. Passengers on the vehicle per hour. If we can get, when we start commingling that same type of productivity, it'll reduce our costs. Yeah, you'll respond elsewhere. Absolutely. That's an amazing thing. And I, I know the places like Seattle and other cities are looking at doing just that because during the pandemic, microtransit was the hottest new trend. Uh, and now that the funds are running out, the COVID relief funds from Washington, people are looking at ways to maybe conserve on costs. If you can figure out a way to do it on a cheaper, <laughs> cheaper yeah. per passenger, but they get individualized service. I mean, that's a win-win, isn't it? It is. And we've had so much success with our microtransit. We're starting to see other organizations come to Tulsa to see how we're doing it. Really? So we're glad to be partners with those other organizations so we can help them reduce their costs like we reduce ours. That's great. And Tulsa is a great town. I mean, I've never been here before this visit. Uh, like I said, the only thing I really knew about it was the praying hands at ORU. But uh, there's so many cool things here. Tell us some about how big Tulsa is, what, what what some of the features are of this place. Yeah, so there's 400,000 people, 187 square miles. A lot of people don't realize Route 66 was born in Tulsa. Wow. It was actually born in Tulsa. Yeah. And now we have a BRT that we're building up for the 100 year anniversary in 2026. We're building a BRT on Route 66, a 20 minute frequency. It'll go from east to west west to east and we're excited because we think it'll have just as much success as our current brt yeah tell us that we just got off the brt line we were riding it from uh, the convention center out out to oru um tell us about that the name of the service how you came up with that pretty interesting yeah so propeller was a it was a company that we used for the branding it is called the arrow that is our brt, how's BRT service a-E-R-O. Right. A little different than what you may yeah, think, A-R-O-W. Yeah. Right. But that service, that BRT, is over a third of our ridership monthly. It's been a huge success. The economic development on that route has just been amazing. Our customers love it. The buses are branded. They look different than anything else. And even with our new rebranding, we will not change the arrow because it's already branded the way it is. And so the new, so Route 66, or Route 66, I guess is how people normally say it, uh, is really what they call America's Main Street. 
and it's a it's a central feature of a lot of parts of the central part of America. Uh, it's uh, it goes across like from Chicago all the way across the country to the West Coast, and uh, it's. This is like the heart of it here, isn't it? It is. It was born here. You heard our mayor mention it earlier this morning. My parents drove it when I was a kid. Sure. I probably came through Tulsa. Just don't remember it. But what a great time for the 100-year anniversary in two years that we embrace that anniversary. We put that BRT on that line. And the city of Tulsa is just so excited to uh, celebrate that time. Yeah. And you've got 45 stations? 45,000? So 44 stations, yeah. 320,000 each. <laughs> okay. A little expensive, but you know. Where are you I mean, the money? <laughs> FTA. Okay. We hope to get it from the FTA. We currently have a funding gap, a $15 million funding gap, but that's nobody's fault other than inflation and the rising costs. Yes. Supplies. Things are so expensive now, aren't they? Even, but I gotta tell you, last night at the hotel, four of us had a meal and a drink and it was uh, $80. I could not believe it. I was like, oh, is that cheap? This is, yeah, that's very cheap. Well, you live in Maryland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that would be me going out for yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit, uh, the cost of living here maybe is a little bit lower, but the cost of those assets I know are still very expensive. So um, uh, the BRT line is coming. Tell us a little bit more about the town of Tulsa. Let's keep going on. There's so many neat things here. You have an Art Deco district. And tell us about all the kind of interesting facets here. Yeah, you know, a lot of people forget that the Outsiders movie was right. made here in Tulsa. The house still stands. It's a place that people go to and see and check out. A student in Tulsa wrote the Outsiders book that eventually became right, a Francis movie. Francis Coppola. And it's all just guys, amazing yeah. that, uh, yeah, it's just, we're so excited about that because so many actors and actresses, that they was all got their start thing. there. That yeah. was their start. The Brad Pack got the, started there. The, Rob Lowe and the boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So super exciting. You know, Tulsa's an old oil town, you know, probably um, fell backwards a little bit in the 80s and 90s, but it's really starting to bounce back with our city leaders. You know, we have the gathering place off Riverside that is a, a great family-oriented yeah. uh, location. Let's talk about that for one minute. Sure. I thought that was so interesting when your mayor was talking to us this morning and said, you know, basically in America, because of digitalization, we almost have a pandemic of loneliness. I mean, I've read about that. They've actually called it that. Uh, people don't connect anymore. So you all went out and raised money from the private sector millions of dollars and built what's called the gathering place. Gathering place is an amazing place to take your kids. You can just go out there and walk. You can play basketball. They have basketball courts, tennis courts. He said it's like Disneyland had a baby. It's like <laughs> Disney. That was hilarious when yeah. he said that. But yeah, it's it's an amazing. We do dump the pump there. We did dump the pump. What's National Dump the Pump Day in June. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, where we encourage, bikes and all that. We encourage people to dump the pump. Park your cars and ride public transportation. We do free fares on that day. We've, that's been another. Oh, that's, that's great. The uh, the BRT lines, one more thing about them I wanted to mention was the public support for them. Tell us about the referendums you had here and what kind of support you had because they had to go to the voters. Yeah, so 2016, the vision tax um, was, was approved two-thirds, two to one uh, for the approval of that. Our public here in Tulsa, they have really embraced public transportation and voted yes on measures to help us fund that. Yes, we do currently have a funding gap, but again, that's due to rising costs and supply chain issues. So um, our mayor has been amazing working with this team at MetroLink Tulsa. MetroLink uh, Tulsa. To help us work through some of that, we are applying for a raise grant that's due at the end of this month. And uh, the FTA knows that uh, we're in a bind here with this current funding gap. And they know the 100-year anniversary is coming up, so we're hoping to hear good news when the uh, announcements are made. We're driving around town right now, uh, and uh, 
neither you or I are driving. I was just going to yeah, mention yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're in the backseat talking. I want to talk about fueling. So, uh, you know, we've, in our show, we've done a lot of discussion lately on various types of new fuels that are lower, more sulfur, lower emission. So traditionally, American Transit worked on diesel, diesel buses. And then we went to something called clean diesel. Uh, and now there's three or four other new sources of energy. Uh, one of them that my buddy uh, Kevin Quinn up in uh, Vancouver is going to like a, almost like a, I don't want to say vegetable oil, but it's some kind of natural based fuel like that. Then you've got uh, battery electric buses, which in cold weather climates this winter, there was a lot of challenges for them in Canada, especially some of the leaders up there told me we were just in Edmonton and I talked to other leaders near Toronto. They were concerned about that. Then there's this all new fuel. I mean, it's been around a while, right? But new for buses of hydrogen battery, hydrogen fuel. There's a hydrogen council. My buddy Doran Barnes in California and Kirk Conrad are all about hydrogen. But there's a fuel that's been around for a long time in places like Fort Worth and Tulsa that's really clean. And it's CNG, compressed natural gas. So tell me about what you guys are doing. Yeah, <laughs> out of our 119 vehicles, 84 of them are CNG. We have four electric and we have four diesel. The rest are unleaded gas, and the most of those are the paratransit. Yeah, yeah. We have no big buses that are our regular gas. CNG buses is where we live on on top of CNG. Long we were talking about earlier, Paul, where there's enough CNG to outlast our lifetime, our kids' lifetime, and their kids' lifetime. We're driving right through it right now. I think <laughs> we're right by the uh, the train lines with all the cars over there, and it looks like the refineries are over there. We have good news though. We have four diesel buses that'll be retired in June when we get our new, our seven new CNG buses from Gillig. They're going to be electric, right? Gillig's are electric, or they CNG. So we got CNG coming okay. um, this year, and then we have uh, electric, electric, seven electric coming next year. All right. So you, the CNG works for you? Yeah, we love CNG. My director of maintenance is pro CNG. We know that there's been cases out there that CNG is even cleaner than electric. Really? So. We're excited with the CNG. You know, we live on top of it here in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we want to continue to use CNG. Last question for this segment would be, uh, so congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you just finished your second year, almost to the day today. Yes. And you announced your new name of the service today with the mayor by your side. Awesome. And you just got a big contract renewal. You're like a coach, you know, on, on the football team. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the board just approved on Thursday. I got an, a new eight-year contract, four-year base with two two-year extensions. So that'll keep me here for another eight years. But, Paul, it's not about this contract. It's about the next one after that to get me to the retirement age. But um, I'm excited. Like a football coach. Yeah. I'm excited to know that, you know, I've been here two years and I got another eight years here to work with this That's amazing awesome. team. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. And so what's your vision? I'm sure you had to sell of your vision. What's your vision for the system? Yeah, so our, my vision, and, and and it's not, and I like to tell my team, this is not Scott Mar Transit. This is all of us putting our heads together to figure out what's best for our customers. We want to build a box. We want to build a box of core fixed route service and use microtransit to feed that box. Now, microtransit's been a huge hit here, and I don't think we have even touched what microtransit's going to be in. Oh, wow. And then expand the BRT, right? Expand the BRT in two years after we get that funding. And then co-mingling, having those paratransit trips switch to, yeah. to the microtransit. That's a great vision. I think you're going to succeed, my friend. I hope so. Yeah. Scott, uh, so you've been here two years. What did you do prior to this job? Yeah, so going all the way back 28 years ago in 1996, I was a fixed route bus driver. It was the first time I ever got my CDL license. I drove for about six months. 
but they love the fact that I was prior military. So I moved up really quickly as a road supervisor. Did that for about 10 or 12 years. And then I got hired by MV Transportation, the private contractor, as a project manager in Lawrence, Kansas. So that's when I think I remember you uh, was there. And weren't you kind of like a fix-it guy for us? I was. You know, I was single at the time. I had a car, four boxes. It was easy for me to move around. So whenever there was an opportunity, I would always knock at the door and say, hey, I'm available. Well, I had some success in the first uh, two locations I went to that I fixed. So I continue to move around a lot. I think in about 15 years, I moved around... 13 times. Wow. So about a year at a spot. Here, Short-term assignments. And what would you do? Go in and be a general manager, an ops manager? Or what? No, I was I was actually the general manager, but okay. I'd go in there and I would identify what wasn't working. And usually, you know, all of us that have been in the business like yourself, um, those things stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's so, right. So fixing it doesn't those, take long, does no, it? No, it doesn't take long. But So fixing that and guiding them. You know, at the end of the day, you have to get people to trust in you, and you can only get that to, to be accomplished by building relationships. And building those relationships, getting people to believe in what you're trying to sell, and getting them to perform. You worked for MV for a number of years, moving I around did. the country as a general manager, kind of uh, fixing up the operations, fixing up the finance, fixing up administrative, fixing up, I'm sure, all kinds of stuff, right? There was one big problem that you see in transit agencies across America now that, that you've got a solution for. You know, it's easy to talk about safety because that's what really drives the bottom line. Okay. But usually it's poor management. It's really about the managers that have been around this this business that come in at 10 a.m. and leave at 3. Well, how can you expect your employees <laughs> to respect you? Um, you really got to dig in. You need to be here during pullout. You need to be here when they get back. Those are the th- types of things that allow you to build those relationships and get them to buy in what you're trying to sell. And they will perform. Happy employees perform well. And then I had you end up here. So you did that for a while. And then what happened? Yeah. So still on the private side, I was working in uh, Brooklyn, New York, driving uh, two to four hours each way because I lived in New Jersey. And I got a phone call from uh, Tulsa Transit saying, hey, would you like to come back and work for First Transit? And it wasn't right away that I thought, yeah, you know, I'd already been here twice. But it was that last four hour drive home where I said, you know what, <laughs> let's go back to Tulsa where my wife is from. OK, um, it's a great opportunity. But but I'll be honest with you, Paul, when I came back to First Transit, I had my eye on the prize. And that was this position. So I worked for, for the city to work yeah. for the work for MTTA, yeah. Tulsa Transit. Okay. So I stayed with First Transit for two years. This position opened up and I seized the moment. And here we are two years later. We're having great success. But I'm always going to deflect and say, if it wasn't for the strong team I have, I'd never be successful. Yeah. And so the game plan for you, as we talked about when we were riding on your BRT, uh, kind of spell it out one more time. What's your vision for the next four years? Yeah. So we're working on a, a raise grant that's due later this month to fill in the funding gap that we currently have on Route 66, where we'll have nine CNG buses on there. It doesn't really work for the, for the electric buses on there. It's just too long of a route. But uh, in the next four years, we hope to have that accomplished. The 100-year anniversary for Route 66 is in two years. It's possible we can have that ready by then. That's great. So you'll have a BRT line with 44 stations along there, your second BRT line, and then your microtransit. Microtransit just continues to uh, meet expect- exceed expectations and continue to grow. And I, I see that we, today we have four daytime routes or zones, I should say. We'll probably have 10 in the next couple of years. It continues to grow, and the ridership is just it's blown up. Good problem to have is what I tell my team. There you go. Well, Scott, I'm very impressed with your operation, with your leadership, with the team you've assembled here. I think you are primed and ready to go. Appreciate you, Paul. Thanks for coming. Hi, this is Tris Hussey, editor of the Transit Unplugged podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode with our special guest, Scott Marr. 
Now, as Paul said in the opening, next week we stay in Tulsa with the director of planning, Chase Phillips, showing Paul around their iconic downtown and its amazing Art Deco architecture. Hey, did you know TransitUnplugged.com is the hub for everything Transit Unplugged? You can connect with us on social media, subscribe to the newsletter, catch up on podcast episodes, and episodes of Transit Unplugged TV. Give a visit today and connect with us on social media. Say hi, introduce yourself. We'd love to hear from all of our fans about what they think about the show and maybe some ideas for guests in the future. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us anytime at info at transitunplugged.com. Transit Unplugged is brought to you by Medaxo. At Medaxo, we're passionate about moving the world's people. And at Transit Unplugged, we're passionate about telling those stories. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.